Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Happy holidays from our friends at Cornbread Hemp. This past year has been stressful for everyone, especially now that the holidays are here and finding effective ways to cope may seem impossible. That's why I trust my friends over at Cornbread Hemp, Kentucky's number one rated CBD company with the most THC allowed by law. Leave the holiday stress behind when you share Cornbread Hemp with your loved ones this holiday season. They even have gifts for your parents too. So from now until Christmas, enjoy an extra 30% off your entire purchase when you visit cornbreadhemp.com and enter the promo code big x at checkout enjoy the entire holiday season with a little help from our friends at cornbread hemp kentucky's first choice for all things cbd bueller 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 Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be, cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. December 6, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. 961 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on your rainy stormy wet monday morning hope everybody's safe and ideally somewhere dry and warm and you don't have to to be out in that gross stuff it was a great weather weekend but starting the new week with some wet nasty rainy weather nick roush how was your weekend buddy it was uh it was pretty good it was pretty busy but uh, all in all i would say uh two thumbs up H- how about uh, how about you tj did you have a nice weekend Yes, it was it was great. Uh, laid low Friday night, but made made some fires this weekend. I think it was Ooh. like three different nights, but well, throwing in maybe Thursday night too. But uh, the, that's how great the weather was, where it was like in the low to mid fifties during the you know seven o'clock hour. So Friday night was low key. Had the nice dinner on Saturday. That was uh, really enjoyable, and then. Just more stuff around the house yesterday, so all around. Pretty, pretty good weekend, getting all the decorations up, everything ready, and all that sort of stuff. Justin Kalen, how was your weekend? It was pretty well the same, very low-key, um, but at the same time, it was pretty busy. So it Whoa. went by It went by too fast, of course, they always do, um, but it's Monday, ready to be back on it. It does. They, they go by too quickly. Way too quickly. And quick. then... Around around the holidays, 
obviously it starts with Thanksgiving and it really doesn't end until after New Year's. It's harder to work. It's harder just to go through the the full week grind just because full weeks are fewer and further between between Thanksgiving and the end of New Year's. But we are in kind of that stretch where it's like, all right, even though we know there's some days off and there's some breaks and there's some relaxation later in the month, this is kind of the meat and potatoes of like, all right, you got like two more full weeks of work. And then after that, yeah, it's it's silly season. So got to get through this week. Get through this week, and, and, it's, and it's a big deal. And it feels like we haven't watched UK basketball in six years, but luckily tomorrow, tomorrow they're back at it. So uh, that will help kind of speed things up a little bit. Roush, we're getting closer to John Calipari. Well, we're in it. We're pretty much in it. Where Calipari will do the the one week per game for the most part, uh, almost like a college football schedule, if you will. Yeah, and they've even, I, I guess technically it's twice a week if you throw in his coach's show, because um, that's gonna that's getting regular now. He's got one tonight at six p.m. But yeah, it, the, they're dialing it back. I will say I do like that they are. Um, they're like spacing out the media ops. So instead of having like Cal and players on one day, it's, you know, here's Cal on Wednesday, two players on Thursday, and assistant coach on Friday. So they're kind of, you know, getting a slower drip of news out of the Joe Craft Center, if you will. So th- there's at least a little bit more to grasp onto uh, in the blogosphere, I guess you you might say. There's, there's a little more quotes to chew on but um yeah no it was it was it was weird not having anything this weekend you still had the state championship games going on at Kroger Field you had recruiting you had the conference championship I was uh it it wasn't a dramatic Sunday but that wait all day Sunday to find out where you're going to the ball game and just instead of watching a show, you're just watching Brett McMurphy's tweets, hoping that your bowl game is the next one up. Uh, but it's uh, I, I forgot what that wait was like, TJ. It's it's no fun, no fun waiting for the ball. Even though we all knew it was going to be Kentucky versus Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, it's it's kind of like this wait for the Kentucky basketball. It's just still a terrible wait, and your the your patience. You forget how impatient you are until you've got to wait through this kind of stuff. Yeah, this is one of those things where it's like probably an annual conversation. It's just we only talk about it one day of the year, so then we forget about it for the the other remaining 364 days of the year. It's the dumbest system and setup they have possible to announce and release the bowl games. I I imagine when they do the college football playoff, that show or that setup does get eyeballs and probably does okay in terms of ratings and numbers and whatnot. But the fact that they don't piggyback that in to bona fide bowl selections, not predictions, but selections is just a travesty. It's a joke. It's like, have that show. Okay. The first 15 minutes, we're going to tell you the college football playoffs. And then the remaining 45 minutes, I mean, you know, no way they'd only drag this thing out an hour, but okay, let's do it. The first 45 minutes, we give you the college football playoffs. And then over the next hour and 15 of this two hour special, we'll give you the slow drip of the bowl games. Just do like, do something and let it be official. So you're exactly right, Roush. We're not just watching Brett McMurphy's Twitter because he was like the, he, he was the, the announcement show his tweets were the announcement show for the bowl selection it's such a dumb way to do it but the thing is they do it this way 
we we know Kentucky's taking on Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. We're going to talk a lot about that today here on Kentucky Roll Call. But we won't talk about that show again because it's out of sight, out of mind. And then this time next year, we can, we're can we talking about Kentucky's bowl game. We'll have the exact same conversation. The thing that's funny to me, too, is that, I mean, the reasoning behind it is that the selection Sunday for college basketball, the NCAA controls it all. They, they have one bracket. This is a bunch of individual bowl games acting as individual actors. And the part that I think is, is funny is it's like, you, you bowl people. You get paid a decent amount of money for this one game a year. Can you all not just like come up with some sort of communication system where you're all, you're just all submitting your picks in at the same time? Can we can we not just get everybody to? All right, you got yours in a row. You got yours in a row. All right, let's all send it in at once. And so maybe it does take thirty minutes or so. Uh, a little bit longer than you might like. So the playoff would come out at 1230. They kind of get their options. Give them an hour. 130, boom. Let's roll them all out. Let's get it done. That, that, that just, waiting around, it just feels so silly. So it really, silly. It really doesn't make sense why they don't do it like a selection Sunday type of show. And it's, yeah. it's because they can't. Like just the, because you don't know uh, old Bob Bowler, man, he might just be moving slow that day. But I will well, say the the main like playoff portion that they do every single week, I love that because they do it quick. They don't make you sit around and wait for an hour to announce the teams. They they roll right through them. I love it. Yeah, I here's what they need to do is they need to get all the bowl representatives in the same building on this Sunday that they do the college football playoffs. If their bowl has a mascot or a mascot costume, say the Outback Bowl, uh, I need whoever is the CEO or in charge of the decision-making in the Outback Bowl, I need him in ESPN studio wearing the Bloomin' Onion outfit. Mm -hmm. And then after the college football playoff is done, there's obviously a pecking order to these bowl games. And I say you just get them all in the room, you get all the bowl-eligible teams on like a little piece of paper, and then they just have to, in their bowl costumes, go up to the big board like it's a fantasy draft and say, all right, we're taking uh, – the Rose Bowl is taking Ohio State versus Utah. And they put them up there, and then boom, those two teams are gone. Next in the pecking order, if it's like the Peach Bowl. Well, I know the Peach Bowl is a semi – well, no, it wasn't. Not this year. Uh, some guy in a peach outfit goes up there. Mm -hmm. He picks the two teams. It goes down and down and down the list. And uh, who's not watching that? Everybody's watching that. Everybody's watching I'm that. watching that then, without the mascot costumes. Then maybe one of these times, like one of the dudes like panics or accidentally messes up and like the 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 Rose Bowls, Ohio State versus like Louisiana. And you're like, oh well, he picked it. It's 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 set in stone. He accidentally that's what it's gotta be now. So I, I think you're I think we're missing out on some fun opportunities here. Yeah, no, no. There's there's no doubt about it. Um I do. I will say the Citrus Bowl does have a pretty cool mascot too. It's almost like the old Orangeman from Syracuse, except this guy's got like a little crown on. So what's what's his name? I always love mascots' names. Oh, all right. Well, let me get to the bottom of that. Um, DC Citrus, the Big O in Orlando. You know, <laughs> that, is that it? Actually, actually, it's a uh, Obi. No wait, oh. That's that's the Orange Bowl mascot. So. Yeah. I, I, I might have gotten my Orange Bowl and Citrus Bowl mascots confused. I'm, my apologies. 
Yeah, yeah. You you want to get that figured out? Yeah, I did. It's Obi the Orange is the Orange Bowl's official mascot. There you okay. have it. First debuted in 1935, and that's where uh, Alabama is going to be playing. Uh, actually, no, Michigan's going to be playing Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Alabama's playing Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl. They did it. Uh, the media members, they willed Cincinnati into the playoff. Congrats, guys. All of you whiny buds. Hey, Cincinnati deserves it, man, man, man. You, you got your wish. Your dreams come true. Uh, now we're going to get a couple of bad semifinal games. Nothing made me happier yesterday than seeing people preemptively carry water for Cincinnati for a game that hasn't happened yet. If Cincinnati gets blown out, make no mistake about it. It doesn't mean they didn't belong. You get a lot of blowouts in semifinals games. It'll be nothing unique to them, and it'll be no indication that they shouldn't have been there. Oh, so like, he's really getting three, ahead of it. Yeah, imagine <laughs> imagine three or four weeks before a game having to basically just put out there like, yeah, listen, they're going to get absolutely smacked. But when they do – I don't want anybody telling me I was wrong. They're, are they deserving? You know, they're, they certainly have a pretty darn good case. They're, they didn't lose a game. They did. They controlled what they could control within, without the context of maybe making their schedule a little tougher in some areas that they could have. But they played Indiana. They played Notre Dame. It's not, it's not their fault that uh, Indiana ended up stinking and. Yeah, you know, that's that's probably what they're saying to Indiana fans right now. They they controlled what they controlled. So it's not that they don't belong or don't deserve it. You can make a case that other teams maybe deserve it just as much or potentially even more. I just want the nice blend of good resume, like you belong to be there, but also you pass the eye test as if like we think you're one of the best four teams. Cincinnati's gonna get killed. And I think you could get I think you could get a more deserving team that's going to be more competitive in that game and maybe even give uh, make it a close game, potentially. So they're going to get smacked around. I, it's not the worst. It's not like a travesty that they're in there, Roush. It mm -hmm. is what it is. Nobody should be right. surprised by it. But Alabama's going to win that game with ease. How can you say that there's a more deserving team when they're the only undefeated team? Because they beat one good team, Justin. Like, that's it. That, that's why there's more deserving teams, because other teams beat more than one good team. I mean, well, who Houston, would be the next most deserving? Because well, Notre Dame I, was ranked fifth. Yeah, not Notre Dame. I mean, I don't think it's Notre Dame. I, I think that if you break it in from a numbers standpoint, Baylor has a really, really good case. Obviously, Ohio State, we all know they're a better team than Cincinnati. Uh, their resume is better than Cincinnati's, but whatever. Um, th there's teams that I think that just – I think you can make a case they have better resumes despite the 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 undefeated – Really yeah, think yeah, that yeah, it yeah, would yeah go on. It would be hilarious if they did put Ohio State in. Over oh god, that. it would have been so funny. I mean, yeah, and, and I riots think, in the state of the of Ohio. It, it would have been chaos. But like, and <laughs> and then if you were if you were Alabama, once you won on Saturday, you were probably like, yes, please, Cincinnati absolutely belongs. They belong more than anybody belongs when you think about it. Make sure they belong. Make sure they belong at that four spot. But like, they were probably so happy that it was Cincinnati and not anybody else. That had to just be uh, such a uh, well, relief for them. And you, the thing was, is you knew that they weren't going to give us another Georgia-Bama game right away uh, because, like, come on, that's 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 no fun. And that could equal a, a bad championship game. And I, I wasn't sure 
what order they were going to put things into prevent us from having uh, another Alabama Georgia. I, I just didn't know how they would shuffle it out. And I love the Michigan fans that are ticked off about it. But you know what? Get the hell over in Michigan. Did you're, they you're, the right order for you, Nick? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. See, because I, I was pretty I was pretty upset yesterday. Now it would have been the same game, but I thought I thought Cincinnati had a case to go to three. I thought Michigan had a case to go to one, which would have put Bama at two. So you would have had the same games either way, but yeah, yeah. In either way, it, it doesn't really. Uh, I, I think that having the the outcomes we had in those conference championship games, though, Alabama, when you score forty one points on a Georgia defense that hadn't scored, I think they'd given up what fifty points all year. I mean, Bryce Young, that dude was insane, absolutely insane in that game. And whenever he made that play where he pitched it about eight yards downfield, and then they picked up you know fifteen more yards after that, you're like, oh. God, this guy's in the zone today. Watch out. And it was uh, – I, I was talking with one of my friends, TJ. It reminded me of last year's Super Bowl where you're like, Georgia has the best defense. I can't bet against their defense. They've been the best team all year. But it's like – but you're betting against Alabama, the underdog. Same thing last year with Brady and the Bucks. You're like, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs' offense, but I can't bet against Tom Brady. Like, And either way, you look like an idiot in hindsight. And – um, yes, definitely felt like an idiot in hindsight after that game because Alabama just absolutely smoked Georgia. Really, they, they really got to be seeing uh, Nick Saban ghost down there in Athens today. Yeah, that's why I stayed away from that game. I thought Georgia would win, and that six and a half, six number, I, I saw, you know, I understood why it was enticing to so many people because hey, this Georgia team's been completely dominant. Alabama struggling with Auburn. I think Georgia's got something for them. But it was still Saban, and it's still Alabama. So I was like, eh. And everybody was betting Georgia. So I was like, eh, I'm, I'm going to stay away. I should have had enough uh, foresight to maybe flip it and, and bet on Alabama. Another perfect home field apparel week for myself God. as I cruise to a championship Oh, shut the hell up. You cruising to it. Roush, I don't know about you, but I'm really glad last week was the last week of home field picks because I'm sick and tired of hearing about TJ's perfect weeks. I mean, but it is like incredible, though, that the deficit at which he was and then just yeah. going to get every single pick right for a absolutely. month straight. Like that, that's insane. No, give credit where credit's due. Absolutely. But I'm so tired of hearing about it. I'm number one. <laughs> I'm number one. That's my first pick contest win in, I think, at least two years, maybe three. Uh, I think that's the first time I've won one since we've had Luckett on. Uh, you'd have to go back to the Big Bag Dave days where I used to clean up, but that was easier competition. So I'll take this. I'll take this. I haven't added up the final scores all around. but I still uh, probably have a better – I would say that my record is probably close to being better, like from a percentage standpoint. I don't – I actually think we – well, what was the Western Kentucky? So you hit the over what, on that. I hit one. the over on that. We actually yeah. finished with the same record, both twenty-four and eighteen. <laughs> gosh. Um, I had thirty-three points. You had twenty-eight. So that just shows I mean, the power of the lock of the week. God, that's crazy. Lost by five, and of course, once again, two wins, and then you lose the lock of the week. It was a classic Roush week. Wait, you had TJ, two, I think you just had one win. What was your second one? Louisiana. Oh yeah, you. Oh, my my mistake. You actually did finish with a better record then. So you got the <laughs> you got the record. Points. Yeah, you got the record by one game, and then that way you only lost by four points, actually. So my bad. Man. You said you said Big Bag Dave was easier competition. I truly just can't believe that. 
Luckett normally, like, he won this thing last year. So he's normally pretty good. He just had he had a year that should be – that it's more memorable maybe than my 12-0 and streak to end it. Um, I don't know his his final tally here, but it was it was not good. Uh, let's see. He missed the Oregon bet. He missed the Cincinnati bet. He got Louisiana though, so he got that one. He finishes twelve and thirty for fifteen points. Wow, mm, man, that's bad. Oh, well, I've got some breaking news, guys. Oh, I love ah. it. What do we got? Breaking news. Ah. Ah. From Lonnie Demery at KSR Lonnie, a source tells me Wondell Robinson will return to the Cats. That's Man. huge. That is huge. Huge. That's a uh, scoop. There it is. There's no, I mean, there's no way that's true, right? <laughs> hey, it's, it's Lonnie scoop. So you never know, you know, he does, he does have some, uh, like a uh, coffee shop kind of breakfast club talk you know so hey at least that scuttlebutt's out there um I, I that was sent to me last night i i folks don't need to be getting excited about that i'm not <laughs> saying that to be mean to lonnie i i just would say let's uh just be be cautious of that information yes um lonnie had to walk his tweets it's unfortunate um because he got bullied after asking kirby smart at sec media day back in 2018 uh, how he's going to handle uh, a quarterback competition between Jacob Beeson and Jake Fromm and Justin Fields. And Jacob Beeson was the quarterback of Washington at the time. He had already transferred. So mm-hmm. had to walk those tweets up after that. <laughs> People got after him a little bit. Be nice to Lonnie. <laughs> Justin, you finished 19 and 23 with 24 points. I'll take it. Not bad for my <laughs> first year. You finished seven games above Luckett. Hey, I beat him. <laughs> he's the he's the football expert. He knows everything. I know nothing. So I'm happy with it. The final scoreboard on the points: 33 points for me, 29 for Roush, 24 for Justin, and then 15 for Luckett. Wow. The, there are before we we get to our break, and I'm I'm not going to let you you know roll in the spoils of victory too much. Uh, I, I wanted to mention two of the games that were pretty impressive over the weekend. First off, that Western game was bananas. Uh, I think they combined for 90 points. And Western dropped the touchdown on the second drive, like an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, it was it was a beautiful touchdown pass. They just dropped and muffed a punt to start the game. Still came all the way back, had a chance to win, but lost to UTSA. That place was rocking down at the Alamo Dome. That was a, that was a fun football game on Friday night. Much more fun than that Pac-12 game. Pac-12 game. <laughs> Absolutely stinky. Uh, and then Baylor. Taking down Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State had the playoff if they could just score at, at the one-yard line. They were on the one-yard line for six plays, I think, in the final six minutes and only got three points out of it. Well, they yeah, I, I, they were on, like, the four-yard line or the five-yard line. They ran, I think, got to fourth down on that one, then got a new set of downs on a PI and ran the four plays there from the one. So, yeah, they were – that, that we've seen that before, but that was a hell of a stand there from Baylor. They just 
play after play after play. Reminded me a little bit of the Florida game, but in this instance, they were truly on the one for several of these plays. And then the excitement of that finale, the last play of the game. Well, oh, man. I guess you had to take one knee, but the basically the last play of the game, and then it ends up in a situation where Al Schwartz one-on-one to the edge – what do you do in that situation if you're the Oklahoma State ball carrier and you say, all right, it's this it's this little play out to the outside. You realize it's just you versus one other person, one-on-one in that instance. What do you do in that play? The There, there was a moment where I thought that he was – I thought he was going to make it to the edge. Um, he kind of he, – he bounced it really wide. I thought he was going to make it. But he got too – he bubbled out a little bit too deep and it just gave the Baylor game too much room to, to make up for it. So um, I think it was the right idea to bounce it. But there comes a point when you're trying to stretch it out that you almost just got to lower your shoulder into the guy and try to use your momentum to carry you forward because that that has a better shot than, you know, diving for the pylon because then you're, you're kind of momentum – it, it's it, you're 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 gonna lose it. <laughs> you're you're gonna lose whatever power you have. So um, I I I wanted to see him get in, and it wasn't just for a selfish wager. But I also enjoyed the like it, it was so thrilling. It's like you idiots, Oklahoma State. Like Gundy, you're a man. You're fifty. Get the hell out of here. No, you 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 nailed it. That's exactly what you needed to do. Is once you realize it was one on one. Don't turn so much to the corner. Turn up a little bit more and allow your momentum to propel you forward. Meet him, meet the other player contact, and then most likely you fall forward into the end zone. Boom, touchdown. But each and every time you try to go for that corner, you're basically conceding momentum to this attacker that's coming after you. And now you're giving him more momentum with a better angle. So even if he meets you at the spot – you're not going to be able to push forward. He's going to be able to push you back. It ended up not really mattering because it almost seemed like he turned the corner on him anyways. It wasn't like the defensive player, I think, did a good job kind of forcing him out to the side, to the side, to the side. But then I think mm-hmm. I think the defensive player just kind of missed. And, and if the Oklahoma State player didn't dive so early, could have actually been an easier touchdown for, for him. But instead dives the pylon cam. What an angle. What a setup. Yeah. You're never going to get a better view of a of an end of the game pylon cam than you got in that situation, and you could just see their playoff hopes and aspirations come up just about an inch short of the pylon, yeah. just about an inch short. So close, so and close, and that's how they're. He, just, he, he sold his role too much, and man, suck it, Gundy. All right, we got to give our initial reactions to Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. What do we like about it? What do we not like about it? And then, Roush, Jelly of the Month Club, it really, really is. It never stops with the University of Louisville. And now they're losing their athletic director. Their athletic director that was hired because he was a rich fan is now even leaving the University of Louisville. You you can't make this stuff up. M. Night Shyamalan can't make this stuff up. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 961 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back.
Kentucky Roll Call. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Remember, hit up Thornton's. It's an ugly, gross day, so no better way to celebrate it than with a donut and some coffee. You may need the coffee, really, just to give you that extra boost. There's Thornton's all throughout your commute. You see them every day on your way into the office. Pop by. Stop in. Check out their their desserts, if you will, their breakfast foods, but that's what donuts are. They're just basically morning desserts, and there's nothing wrong with morning desserts, but they also have hot sandwiches, hot breakfast sandwiches. They got somebody that oversees all that stuff. It's delicious. Check them out if you haven't already. If you know what we're talking about, then you know what we're talking about, and you're probably going to stop in and get yourself one. That's Thornton's, and we love the Thornton's sex line, and we love to hear from you on the Mm -hmm. Thornton's sex line, 502 414-1450. 414-1450. That is 502-414-1450. If you text in, we'll read it on air. One quick hitter on the home field apparels, picks of the week. Um, even though we're done with our pick segment, we'll still probably do something weekly, maybe basketball related, or we'll, we'll figure just a lock of the week, or we'll figure out something, because we still need to hear from people on the home field picks of the week contest, which, by the way, Albo, who called it on Friday, Perfect week. He ties wow. Dustin. We have back-to-back perfect weeks from our callers, wow. Dustin and Albo, a perfect four points, three and oh picking. And so they'll they'll advance to our pickoff contest that we'll probably have in January. And they basically have a spot locked into the finale, but people will have to be perfect to join them. So that's something to look forward to there. Roush, I'm looking forward to New Year's Day. I am too. We're going to be partying down in Orlando, the city of love, city of brotherly love. Can't wait. Uh, going to be sunny and 75 degrees when the Cats take on Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm fired up that it's official. I've loved seeing some of the national reaction. Um, uh, I think the, the Sickos committee said this is up for the Sickos Bowl of the year. Um, it's not going to be your classic Kentucky's just going to bully an ACC team into submission. It's going to be a physical fight in the trenches, and uh, it's going to mean a lot to Kentucky too because uh, Mark Stoops' connection with the school. So I, I'm re- I'm really looking forward to this one, TJ. Uh, I, I I was a little nervous. You know, you get closer to finding out what the game's going to be. I, I I just I don't know what it was, but I got nervous that losing 42 to three to Michigan might knock Iowa down and few pegs uh, but they're staying in there Kentucky in the Citrus Bowl back and I I, I can't wait I hate it oh gosh no I like I'm glad Kentucky's in the Citrus Bowl I, I would I still would have thought Outback and uh, I like it from a standpoint that you told us there's more money in the Citrus Bowl and uh, what it's a it's a better TV slot. Although Outback Bowl's at noon, not eleven anymore. Just yeah, uh, as a heads up, but still a better network for the Citrus Bowl. So all that stuff I'm happy with. Orlando versus Tampa. 
I would imagine Orlando may be a little easier to get to for some Kentucky fans, but probably a little bit more expensive than Tampa. Probably just a few of, more flights. Yeah, um, just kind of spitballing, but that uh, could be just to, that could just depend on where you're coming from. But I know hotels in Orlando probably for New Year's with Disney World and all that stuff maybe a little bit more expensive than Tampa. But again, just spitballing and, and talking out loud for the most part. My issues with it. All things considered, just I was not sexy. I, I, I like the Mark Stoops matchup storyline on this one. What you know, it is what it, it probably means a lot more for Stoops than it does for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, the fact that he played at Iowa, cool. You know, doesn't that that's the extent of my interest in that storyline. It doesn't really mean all that much for me. Kentucky and Iowa don't recruit head to head a ton. Um, that and that's okay. They they both probably recruit at a similar level, but just kind of different recruiting areas. They go after some different kids. Yeah, I'm sure there's some crossover here and there, but it's not like a Penn State situation like it was in 18. I would have rather played a Michigan State. It seems like you go head to head with Michigan State frequently more. At least a Wisconsin matchup, I could have spun it around as like, hey beat Wisconsin and then it'll make me feel just like ever so slightly better about 2015 maybe so I could have gotten excited about that game a little bit I just can't really do it for Iowa I don't hate Iowa there's not too much to hate there they're not really a sexy team I don't think it really gives Kentucky a big boost on the recruiting trail and nationally while I think people will say like oh okay these are two solid programs it's people aren't going to be jumping over their sofa to turn on Kentucky Iowa that's just that's going to be a pretty forgettable matchup nationally so all those things are why I'm just not really crazy about it yes I'm excited I want Kentucky to win it's important to win these but it's more important to win these bowl games than people let it lead on but it could have been a better matchup yeah but I I think that at least it being Iowa I think I think that draws in probably more than Wisconsin though, uh, because they're just like, oh my gosh, we've got to watch this punt fest. We, we've we've got to turn it on and see what silly things happen because Iowa is the they're they are by definition silly. They just the they really win with just defense and turnovers. They win in spite of their play at quarterback. Um, Kirk Ferentz said he actually they were the first school to offer a Power Five offer to Will Levis and ended up not having him, not getting him. Uh, Levis got his first career start against Iowa and lost that game, so maybe we got a little revenge factor there for Levis. Uh, But I think he would love to have the Kentucky quarterback right now because Spencer Petras is bad. Uh, They took him out and put another guy in, and he he, he, he attempted 15 passes and averaged just over two yards per attempt. It's hard – 10 of 15 for 38 yards is just a hilarious stat line. And that's what the backup, Ar- Armadillo, or I think it's his name, <laughs> that was his stat line in the final 25 minutes or so of the Big Ten championship game. Um, but I will say, you know, you talk about just the storyline, like part of the reason why, yes, it's, 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 it is like at its face, just a storyline. But here are Mark Stoops last night talk about Iowa. You know, he's not a – Stoops isn't quick to open up. He's a – he does his kind of, we're going to get back to work one game at a time. But, you know, he made no mistake about it. Like, and the way he put it together, I'd never heard him talk this candidly about it. He had shared some stories about his time as a player and recruit, but not that, you know, his dad passed away suddenly in the middle of his football season. Uh, he went home for the funeral. The coaches flew out. 
to the funeral uh, during a game week, and he respected the hell out of Hayden Fry and them for doing that. And then three days later, Stoops blows out his knee and never really plays football again. You want to talk about some defining moments in your life to really squeeze them all into one while he was at Iowa. Like I, I get why this is an important game. He went through that, that hell, and then kind of followed the guidance from his mentors at Iowa, and now he's getting paid a gazillion dollars to coach in a New Year's Day bowl game in the SEC. Like That is a heck of a come-up story for Mark Stoops, and you know some of it. Ha- he's not one to self-reflect, but this is this is kind of that moment where uh, he can say he made it if the players go out and win one for him. And I think that's going to add a ton of motivation. You've seen Kentucky; they don't players don't really opt out of bowl games. This is going to be a game that they're playing their asses off because th- this is one they really want to win for their head coach. A lot of really good points. A lot I want to kind of touch on there. What did you say the backup quarterback's name was? Uh, I think it's Tower Armadillo. Armadillo. Justin, hit it. Armadillos keep digging. He's on mute. I don't know if that matters. Yeah, I got no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> still, I'm, still it never, it never played. Little holes in my backyard. Now you started it. You started it late. Armadillas keep digging. Little holes in my backyard. I I hate you, Justin. They just like if that just cues up right then and there, right after Roush says armadillos. We're really rocking and rolling. Because I think his name is actually Amarillo. And that was also making fun of Amarillo boring. So Oh, that's just that that was perfect, actually. All things considered. All right. I like that you think that they're gonna get fired up and play. You kind of make my point for me that people may be tuning in to watch a punt fest. Like that's not a real thing that like the average fan does. Um, but people on Twitter will do it and have some fun with it. But that, that's kind of my point, is that I don't think people are like, ah, what a sexy matchup. These are this is a must-see game. I was rarely ever must-see. I mean, they just, they rarely ever are must-see. And uh, I hope they're motivated, though. And that that was a positive, is that I think Kentucky should win this game. I think Kentucky's better, should go out there and be able to do a lot of the things that they're going to want to do. No, you may not be able to bully them around completely and totally, and your offense may have some trouble. But defensively, this is a dream matchup. It really shouldn't yeah. it, It's not, it doesn't really get too much easier for this, for Kentucky's defense, which generally says hey you're gonna we're not gonna we're generally not gonna beat ourselves Tennessee game excluded um you're gonna have to work for everything you get for us Iowa can't really work for much so that's good that's good news for the defense offensively it's going to be a tough matchup but I still think at a minimum Kentucky should be able to run the ball move the chains and then yeah maybe Will Levis who's playing his best football right now maybe he he's got something in store for for Iowa that would be nice to see as well so mm-hmm. um ad- adding another citrus bowl to the trophy case just being in another citrus bowl this run from stoops is pretty pretty incredible especially taking into consideration where Kentucky was um when he took over but now you've gone to the Gator Bowl the Music City Bowl the Citrus Bowl the Belk Bowl back to the Gator Bowl back to the Citrus Bowl <laughs> that that's that's a lot of Florida Bowl games, Roush, and yep. including a few that are New Year's Day. And Citrus is really kind of that next one 
that one right next to the New Year Six. So if you don't lose to Tennessee, maybe you're in that New Year Six this year. That being said, it's still a it's still a really solid place to be. It's a good season, and so I'm happy they're there. I just I'm I'm not as pumped up about the matchup, unfortunately. But that's okay. Go and win it, and nobody's going to really care. Yeah, just just go and keep on winning. But the uh, SEC gets a chance to make a statement against the Big Ten. That it just means more. It does mean more. That's yeah. There's there's, no there are some that. fun. There's some fun matchups for the SEC in bowl season. I think some some tough matchups. Like if the oh, SEC, you know, if the SEC, if they're oh, you know, we're the SEC and we're we don't care about playing in this crappy bowl game. We're used to playing in big fun bowl games. Then they're at risk of losing some of these bowl games. I, I still think they'll win the majority of them because the SEC is a better football conference. But there's some fun matchups, Roush. There's some games that I'm I'm gonna get excited about. Oh. The you want to talk about storylines? We got Mississippi State and Michael Leach playing his old team, Texas Tech, and the Liberty Bowl. Like that, yeah, sign me up for that. Houston playing Auburn. I could see the the Tigers just falling apart. They got a weird coaching thing going on right now. A lot of adversity. Uh, one that I'm really, really excited for is to just cheer against Tennessee to lose their faces off when they play Purdue. Really need Uncle Jeff to come in the clutch in that game. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's there's a lot of fun ones. Uh, I'm pumped about that one and think that could be a really entertaining and fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Central Florida, Florida playing in Tampa. That's kind of cool. Ooh, yeah. you, you know, that game's going to mean a lot probably to Central Florida and to the point where Florida probably needs to kind of wake up because they know that that team's going to come after them. Uh, you meant North and South Carolina. How about yeah. that? That's and- kind of cool. And the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Yeah, and the, they said explicitly that they will – offer $10,000 to the charity of choice if the coach takes a mayo bath. So last year they had, it looked like a cooler that was a mayonnaise jar, but they teased us. There wasn't actually mayonnaise in there. Well, they're putting mayo in one of those coolers and we we could be getting Mac Mac Brown taking a bath in mayo. You're telling me South Carolina made a bowl. Yeah, they're six and six, buddy. That's impressive. North Carolina six and six. You're not asking if they made a bowl there, Justin. Well, they were preseason top 25. So even all the more disappointing. Exactly. Uh, Wake Forest, A&M, A&M, I hope just beats the absolute breaks off them. They probably should. And then Penn State, Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. Baylor, <laughs> Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. That'll be fun. I saw that uh, uh, Pittman ended his uh, <laughs> he ended his press conference saying, Woo Pig, go Bloomin' Onion. <laughs> I, if, if Kentucky was in the Outback Bowl, this was going to be Bloomin' Onion Radio for the next month. So um, whether or not that makes you happy or sad, missed opportunity or blessing in disguise, I'll let you I'll let you decide. But we'll have all month to talk about Kentucky versus Iowa. It's another New Year's Day bowl game. The 1 o'clock start, Roush, that's nice. Allows folks Love to it. sleep in a little bit, kind of get their, their bearings, and, and, then you, uh, and then you get out and you tailgate, or if you're staying home, you, you – Go watch the game or do whatever you'll plan on doing for the game. And uh, those are fun. Those are fun. Get the 2022 kicked off the right start with a big old big blue win. I forgot that this is the year that we get the games on the playoff games on New Year's Eve, too. So. Oh, yeah. A lot of football. Which. Oh, man. That's 
I'm a, I'm at least happy that it's happening in our case because then you're like, well, I can just stay in and watch the games and then get to bed at a reasonable hour instead of going crazy. I'm sure that's a thought many are having before they party for the for the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, New Year's Eve, most overrated going out day of the year. Mm-hmm. It, it really doesn't get too much worse than going out on New Year's Eve. Crowded, expensive, hard to get rides to and from. It's um, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot for a night that is not all that. You know, you, you can do more fun things by staying in, yes. or, or or finding you know hanging out with a group of friends. Uh, I've got some friends, or it's, uh, I guess maybe it's my sister and some of her friends, where they'll they'll do a fancy dinner on New Year's Eve. I thought that's always pretty cool. I think that's a yeah, good that's idea. a that's a new thing that I'm learning from old people. Sounds nice. Ooh, it would be a fun one with like babies. Is a new a nice New Year's dinner in, like you know, where you do a fancy like dinner party, but that way the babies and everybody's there. You don't have to worry about babysitters or leaving or all that sort of stuff. Right, right. Um, and then un- until you go to take them home, and then they just don't want to go to sleep, which that happened to me last year. Not mm. fun. Yeah, mm. yeah, Not that wouldn't fun. be fun. You know what is fun is the Thornton sex line. I want to get in the U of L stuff, but I think maybe like we just wait for hour two for that stuff potentially. Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like a a good plan, Mister Sports Talker. Yeah. Okay, you keep the text coming in on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, so TJ, how absolutely awful is it changing diapers? Not that bad, right? Well, full disclosure, the wife changes a lot more than I do. She does a great <laughs> job at it. And I would add that it's, I mean, it's not fun. I mean, it's crap or poop or pee. You're So it's not like the most ideal thing in the world. But as Rosh said, it's not bad. It, it's like two minutes tops yeah it only gets bad when they start getting like diaper rash and stuff that's I'm, that's tough I, I will say though that there will be some that are just like so truly disgusting that i'm taken aback a little bit by them and i can't imagine what it's going to be once she starts eating like real solid foods yeah because yeah, I, I, I know worse. that oh yeah i know the game completely changes when that happens and i'm not looking forward to that hmm. just need to get on the record and say that <laughs> need everybody to know i do not not in support of poop not in support of poop a texter says did rouse just say there is a lot of swinging in his new neighborhood people sitting on the swings hanging out swing swinging though how much no. of that is going on don't don't think there's any of that going on i did think it was so weird like I we you know everybody loves nice interior decor. Why were all your all's pineapples inside the house upside down? Who the hell notices that? Isn't that weird that though, Justin, that they were all upside down? I didn't even notice that. See, Justin doesn't get the joke. No, he doesn't. Um, so like you know, it's, it's hard for him to. Oh, it's a joke. Yeah. They say if you have upside down pineapples, it means you're swingers, Justin. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like a sign to tell people. Like if you wanted to find pick up somebody at the grocery store, you put your pineapple in, the, in your cart I, upside down. I thought it was like a hat on the door or something. If you go to like your neighbor's house and you see some upside down pineapples, you could be like, hey, you look into, <laughs> you know, go to the playground and swing. And they will normally probably say, yeah, I could go for a swing. And then that, <laughs> that, that's your way of knowing that it's on like Donkey Kong. Good to know. 
just so if you ever find yourself in that situation, that's how it is going to to go down. Uh, a texter said, oh, by the way, by the way, unrelated note. Who won that 6A state championship game, Roush? No, you're saying ex-Tigers did. Big time upset. You did it. Not that big of an upset. Pretty just uh, huge you're, upset. You're, you're run Nobody of the mill, run of your mill, like three point underdog. Found a way to win. You know, could have gone either way, really, from a Vegas standpoint. But Saint X, number one team in the state, first one since 2009. Congrats to Kevin Wallace and the entire team. They beat Mail, and that's pretty cool. Good for them. That that's uh, I know that's a big deal for a lot of folks over there on Poplar Level Road. So I'm happy for them and happy for for the Tigers. And many people are saying that Saint X may never not win a state championship again. Oh, many people are saying that, huh? Many people are saying that. Wow. Uh, they're saying that the the Shillelagh is never going to go back to Trinity, which I thought was wow. a pretty bold claim. But I'm on board with that. Bold. Yeah, and very bold. There, there's a there's a new there's a new sheriff in this state. Oh. The St. X Sheriff? The St. X Sheriff. Oh, man. You, you know it. <laughs> hey, supposedly UofL is going to be getting a new athletic director. Yeah. And he yeah, actually we'll is a, talk- he actually is a deputy. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> have you seen that? Have you we'll heard have about that? About, uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about all that in hour number two. That was hilarious. Um, almost as hilarious as Miami publicly trying to get a new head coach while they have a head coach. They're just yeah, like that, we're like, gonna get we're gonna get Mario Cristobal from Oregon, or we're just gonna keep you around, Manny Diaz. You have till noon on Monday. Like this is the even craziest part. We've got a deadline for Cristobal to make a decision. Nuts. We got to talk about that. It's gonna be a fun second hour. A lot to get to. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Gale. We'll be back. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. We appreciate you tuning in and listening. If you can't listen to the entire show, we recommend you download the podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. We go 7 to 9 live and then a replay 9 to 11. Otherwise, if you're not around uh, the radio, whether it's you're tuning in to 96.1 FM or 1450 AM or tuning in via the TuneIn app or the data and hassle-free streaming number, podcast the easiest way to go, Roush. And no commercials is always great. And it's brought to you by a great company. Yeah, Cornbread Hemp. Uh, com. Use the promo code BIGX at checkout. You're going to get 30% off their fantastic gummies, which uh, may have popped one in last night, watched four Christmases, just really relaxed on a Sunday. It was incredible. Slept well last night through the storms. It didn't matter because I enjoyed some fantastic gummies from Cornbread Hemp. Use the code BIGX, 30% off at your checkout this holiday season. There you have it. And they're great. And you'll enjoy them. Okay, fun first hour. 
we got to briefly bring up Taj Harris decommits. We hardly knew ye, Taj Harris. This seemed like an eligibility thing, Roush, is what everybody's saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, for my understanding, it was going to take a lot of credit hours to get him to where he needed to be by next fall. So he wasn't going to get there. Best that they both just kind of go their separate ways. I, I'd imagine he ends up declaring for the draft. Interesting, yeah. And I I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a bummer. You never really had him, so how – devastated could you really be but I do think it's a uh, I was excited about what he was what he could bring to Kentucky's offense next season I said when he committed different type of player but from a production standpoint just think of like this year Josh Ali which is important you need you imagine this year without a Josh Ali it would be it would not be great so I'm not sure where Kentucky goes from here seems like there's a lot of great options Jordan Watkins one of them the U of L transfer the one-time UK commit he got an offer from Ole Miss which if he's good enough to play wide receiver for Lane Kiffin um, I'm not sure why there's questions about if he can play at Kentucky or not but if I'm if I'm UK I, I try to get him on board and then maybe go after this this big fish mystery Scooby-Doo transfer Roush that everybody's been alluding to yeah and uh, I, I will say after doing a little bit of looking at both Watkins and Travion Robinson. If it's between those two, if you want just production, Robinson offers a little bit more, especially in the return game too. He was all SEC returner this year, returned a punt for a touchdown. Um, but not only is Harris out of the equation, so is Travion Longmire. So you're getting a little bit more wiggle room at that wide receiver position if you want to add more. So it's out there. Um, I, I think they're they're also considering adding another receiver in the recruiting class uh and that would be jacoby albert an auburn commit who is supposed to officially visit next weekend uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, moving parts right now you had three official visitors in over the weekend uh davis and Bunison, the cornerback from new jersey uh jordan anthony the receiver that is committed to kentucky from the state of mississippi and quintel jones who announced oh. I, I don't know if he announced, but he's making his decision on Thursday of this week. So I would anticipate that that's probably a good sign for Kentucky. So, uh, yeah, uh, a, a lot of changes out there, a lot of roster movement. Uh, Stoops still out on the road recruiting. That's what he was zooming into the press conference last night. So uh, a lot going on at once. The, the part that I think was more surprising – well, let's talk about Harris because we had the rumblings about his grade issue. So was Travion Longmire being the guy that ultimately I, I knew they would part. I had a feeling they would part ways with at least one of those receivers, whether it's Brandon White or uh, Longmire. And the part that's crazy about it is that Jody Dimling said that Longmire wouldn't be a take for Louisville. It's like what? That could be an e that's an easy. You Kentucky doesn't need the recruiting wins like Louisville does, like because getting Jordan Watkins would be one. I don't know what's stopping Louisville from going getting Longmire or maybe even Jawan Northington. Um, so I, I I don't get that at all. Yeah, just from a build up goodwill. If he ends up panning out, that's a good story. Kentucky didn't want you, but we did, and look how it played out. Yeah, I, I get it from that aspect of it. But I do hate that, you know, Kentucky kid like that, late in the game, kind of gets his offer taken away from him. But that's that's recruiting, and Kentucky's 
in a different different league that's recruiting at a different level than it's been used to recruiting over the years past. So I wasn't wild about that, but what what can you do, I suppose? If you didn't think the kid was going to be able to make an impact, you can't waste a scholarship on him. So well, and better I, now than waste two standpoint. years and hop into the portal, you know. Like that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, all right. Keep those texts in 502-414-1450. We got a lot more to get to. Got to make turn, fun of Louisville. Yeah. Do you want to turn our attention there? Yeah. Let's make fun of Louisville. My gosh. Like, you know, by by proxy, it's not terrible for us, but great content for U of L radio and websites right now. Like, everybody's going to be listening. Everybody's going to be tuned in to see what the hell is going on because every day it's something new. So if you're unfamiliar with where things stand, allow me to kind of fill you in just very briefly. Last week, this time last week, the radio talk was Kentucky just beat the snot out of UofL two days ago in football again, and we're furious. And that was the radio all across the city. It was hilarious. People were freaking Mm -hmm. out. A lot of people had to eat crow, and it was great. That quickly kind of turned into, we want Satterfield gone. This was so embarrassing on Saturday. We are, we're ready to kind of move in a different direction. Not every U of L fan, I'm painting a broad, broad brush here, but it did seem like the majority. So that goes into, okay, is he going to get fired? Uh, let's get moving. Let's, let's think about this. And then it was the reports came out from pretty much anybody that would listen. Brom will come back to U of L if offered, if the job is open, Brom's coming home. And that even sent U of L into even more of a frenzy. Ah, well, if he wants to come home, we got to get the opening. Got to fire Satterfield. Got to fire Satterfield. What's U of L going to do? And as the week went on, Roush, the attention still stayed on whether or not Satterfield should stay or go. But there was an added caveat to that conversation of why the hell are we not hearing from our athletic director? Why the hell are we not hearing from our president? Why the hell is nobody talking? What is going on? What is U of L going to do? It eventually gets to Friday. Oh, man. People are thinking Friday news dump. All right. We've been waiting all week. We haven't heard anything from anybody in a leadership position. Vince is supposed to be meeting with Satterfield today. Yeah. We're going to learn something. Well, there was a meeting with Satterfield and supposedly a meeting with Neely Bundepetti, the -hmm. president. And, okay, this is great. This is going to be the day. First, got to meet with Mm -hmm. Neely, just get the okay from the the bigwig, and then we're getting rid of our coach and we're bringing the golden child back home. Nope. No. Friday no. at 5 p.m. 5 5.00. Exactly 5 p.m. Eric Crawford from WDRB drops the news story. Scott Satterfield and Vince Towery had a conversation together and they're optimistic about the future of the program. And man, you saw some fallout there, but we didn't even get to enjoy it for 90 minutes, TJ. Didn't even get 90 minutes to really, really revel in it because there was another wrinkle into all of this. So it comes out that Satterfield's not going anywhere. U of L fans lose their mind. They're not happy with this news. They don't even know what bowl they're playing in. They don't know what more players are going to leave or go or anything like that. But you're right. The cherry on top of the Sunday came shortly after when we learned that Vince Tyre is the leading candidate for the Florida State Athletic 
director opening. <laughs> Which I'd kind of forgotten that they had an opening until all this stuff came out last week. Mm-hmm. And weird, just weird, because like Louisville fans, the majority of them, they kind of wanted Tyree gone. His contract had not been renewed. It was supposed to it's supposed to end up at the end of I think this athletic season coming up. So like in April or May or something like that. Yep. I think is when his contract was supposed to expire. It hadn't been renewed. And U of L fans were happy about that. They and Tyra himself said, I'm I'm just kind of here filling a spot just for a couple of years until we'll see how I don't know if his motives were pure in that. But he was supposed to just be kind of like a glue AD get through all this trouble, I'll hand the keys off to somebody else. He hadn't been renewed. Supposedly people inside the UVL athletic program, he was not. He has not been thrilled about that. Feels like he's not overly appreciated. Interviews for this Florida State job, Roush, I don't I don't think UVL fans know even how to feel anymore. I don't think they, they even know what they're – are you mad at Neely? Are you mad at Tyre? Are you mad at Satterfield? They're, they're, they don't know who they can even trust within this athletic program. And supposedly, Jason Hurd will be named the new athletic director when Tyree leaves. He is the deputy athletic director, sports administrator, and he's been at UofL for 13 years. You, If you Google his name, you will find him in the Dino Gaudio stories because he was the guy who met Dino at the door when he tried to come up and uh, get his extortion money. So that, that, that's where you'll find, uh, which, my God, what a sentence that was. Um, <laughs> but, and, and I think that my favorite part of all of this is that whenever there is just silence and you only get reports from, you know, your Pat Forties and Pete Thamels of the world, you're just going, you, you don't know who to be mad at. So you're just going to get mad at Neely Bendipudi. When in reality, we've been hearing about Vince Tyree's time coming to a close at Louisville for what? A month or two? We yeah. just didn't know it was to leave for this Florida State vacancy. And we didn't realize that it would happen while all of this was going on. And that's why initially I, I thought all of the the Uncle Jeff stuff was a little overblown. It's like, why would Vince do this on his way out the door? Because you're just setting the next guy up for failure. Uh, they're going to be working with a new boss, and that could be uncovered. Like, the new boss should have his guy. So it makes sense, but it was very funny that like Vince, please do something for us, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, um, I'm leaving." Like, <laughs> well, instead of not, giving not you a quick that. fix, I'm just going to get out of here and see ya. Not only that, not only am I leaving, but on top of that, um, I'm not giving you the news that you wanted. This coach is still going to be around, and two, I'm I, I'm leaving on top of that. Oh, and I'm going to a conference rival that we share a division with. But the thing I think the Tyre, I, there's a part of me that's that tries to put myself in Tyre shoe. Why would he want to go be the athletic director at Florida State? Uh, By all accounts, it's it's an, yeah, it's it sounds like it's an even bigger mess down there. You know? Well, not even so much that, but like here's this dude that is that is a very successful businessman in the city of Louisville. U of L has just been such a disaster that he says, listen. I'll step away from all these small, not small business, big business. I'll step away from these big business endeavors because I want to lead this athletic program that's near and dear to my heart in my city 
And I think I can do a good job because it's a complete mess. I don't want to do it forever. I just want to step in, do it for a little bit, make things better. And I just want to help out. I want to help out. That was like his motives. This is what this was all the the narratives when he took over the job back in 2018 or whatever year that was. And he's done that, or to some degree. Some U of L fans have hated him. Some have thought he's done okay. Every other program seems to be doing pretty solid. Football and men's basketball, obviously, carry the day for U of L. They haven't been doing as well. So U of L fans are mad. May want have may want him to step down. May want him to step aside. It is what it is. At what point in this whole thing for Tyre, I wonder where he's like, you know what? I athletics are my calling, and I don't let me uproot everything that I've built here in Louisville to go move to Tallahassee. Like it's just weird. It's just strange to me that he would even want to go be the Florida State AD. I don't think he's hurting for cash. You're well, right that they've got some of their own stuff going on down there as is. It almost just seems like he did this to like try to tell you let Louisville know that he's a hot commodity just well, to get that contract extension at U of L. And now U of L is so sick of him that it's like, all right, then just go to Florida State and be the athletic director there. It's really weird. It almost seems like this is like <laughs> like Vince, why why is Florida State gonna hire well, Vince Tyra? It's so bizarre. Yeah, but TJ, you might just—he might just like being an athletic director. You know, he might like going to the the sports ball games. You know, but he or, can do all that. He can do all that financially without having to lead an athletic program. But you're probably right. I mean, somewhere along the way, he probably thought I didn't think this was going to be like a lifelong thing. But one, it—I'm enjoying it. And two, you got to wonder if it's like, well, now these folks at U of L didn't appreciate or respect me. Now I kind of want to go stick it to him. I wonder if that has played a role in it as well. well. And I wonder if he also wants to just be like, man, this would be great if I could go somewhere that wasn't such a damn mess. (laughs) (laughs) Deal with the coaches getting extorted and a bunch of politics between the president and uh, the basketball coach. Like maybe that plays a role in it as well. Just the, the, the thing I can't get over Roush. He was so noble in his cause he was stepping aside <laughs> to help out his beloved hometown athletic oh, department. Man. He'll do what he can. He'll just try to help. I'm going to take it from a business approach. Uh, I'm very hands-on. I'm going to talk to everybody. George didn't talk enough. I'm going to talk to everybody. I'm going to be nice to people. And then what does he do? He also turns his back on this athletic program that is just has been in such a state of upheaval and disarray. I don't know if you could even write a movie or a story quite like everything that's gone on at U of L. And now Roush, you're right. Their attention. I, I think the Tyree stuff, I, I don't, there's no scenario where Tyree comes back and is the athletic director long-term for U of L or for more than like a month. And if I'm a U of L fan, rightfully so, you know how much like this athletic, if you're tired, if I'm a U of L fan, I'm talking to Tyree. You know how much this athletic program has been hurting. You know how big of a mess it is. You know that we just can't seem to stay out of our own way. It's literally one hilarity after another in terms of us being a laughing stock nationally. And what do you do? Like, you you put your name in the the hat at Florida State. And he'd come back and say, well, UVL wasn't going to offer me. I had to look out what was best for me. They they came to me, and I wasn't going to say no to it. I wanted to at least interview and whatnot. It doesn't matter. You still get – even if this doesn't come to fruition for Tyree – 
his time at U of L needs to be over immediately. And I guess they're having a meeting today, but that needs to be the the extent of the meeting. Get him the hell out of there. And maybe it's maybe Tyrese, maybe he maybe U of L totally hosed him over. But still, with everything that Louisville is going on, and you just add to the distraction by interviewing with Florida State and allowing that to be another talking point. He's got to go, and he's got to go immediately. The issue is, Roush, now UofL fans have pointed their arrows at Neely Bendapudi, and they they're, they're, they want her gone. <laughs> Which I love that it's all uh, – the, the stray bullets for Neely have nothing – it's just we're mad, and we've got to blame somebody, so we're going to blame the president. <laughs> well, and, and, and that may and, – and at one point it does maybe look like that. But from another, if it is true that she has a tight grip on athletics and wasn't letting Tyre do his job, there's clearly a rift between Neely and Vince. And yeah, yeah. It, it's just that this, like, th- that notion, though, TJ, is not anything other than just stuff that people are saying on the internet. Like, I don't know how much of any of that is actually true or not. It's I think just- it's got to be. I think it's got to be true. I mean, to some extent, it's got to be true. Supposedly, they butted heads over the Mac stuff. That was pretty weird, no matter really how anyway. Not from like a U of L did too much or didn't do enough angle. It's just that whole situation was bizarre. Supposedly, they didn't see eye to eye on that. And then supposedly, they don't see eye to eye on, on Satterfield. So I could see a situation where Tyree's like, all right, well, if you're not going to let me do my job, then I got to go somewhere where they're going to let me make hirings and firings that I see fit. That is something that is not completely nothing roush like if she is being overbearing and has her hand that that's going to scare away other athletic directors it's going to scare away other coaches i mean that's a legitimate gripe it's just that the and and eric crawford was really pushing back on this over the weekend it's like but like there's not anything verifiable to that um i mean other than you know a lot of radio conversation and stuff like that so i guess if, if that is a thing, it's, it can be a big deal. We just don't know if it is because I feel like it's it's a byproduct of confusion on the Louisville fan base and also just like, oh, my gosh, what – can we not – I mean, we can't even do the coaching carousel thing normally. We got to have, like, our AD say, you know what? We're, we're keeping our guy. We have faith in where this football program is going. And I'm going to go ahead and leave too. Like, it's a very it, – it's a very weird dynamic, and I actually kind of, I, I kind of feel for the Louisville fans out there. Mark Ennis put out that long thread last week of all of the crazy stuff that's happened. Like this is another weird chapter in it. There's no doubt about it. Well, that, that's what I was going. Ten days ago, U of L was not only going to beat Kentucky; they were going to beat Kentucky and make us pay. And their schedule was harder, and they were better. And it every day. Ten days ago. Ten days ago. Then. Just a week ago, all right, got to get rid of the coach. Kentucky actually is better. We are wrong. We're dumb. We want a new coach. We want the coach that is going to come back to us that we're excited about. So, yeah, he said no to us once already, but we want that guy again. Get rid of this other guy. And then a week after that, a week after that conversation, it's, well, now we may need a new athletic director, which they've got the the deputy athletic director. No, not deputy doofus, but Josh Hurd. They've got him Man. lined up to take over as interim. So, Roush, you could be going from, no, you're not getting a new coaching search, but you will have a new athletic director search and maybe a new coaching search. Maybe a new coaching search in both sports after this season. The The future of L 
shockingly, somehow is more uncertain than it was five days ago. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's a shakier athletic department five days ago. It it it, it really the fact that there we haven't found the basement of this thing is wild. Yeah. It, it really is. And we're at the core. I mean, we're getting close. Oh, like man. goodbye, mantle. Yeah. We're, I just you keep going further and for, further. So we'll probably get news today that Tyre is at Florida State. And then man, bring back Tom. Gosh, you know, there's there's gonna be a movement for that. But oh, here's the there, deal. I mean, no doubt no, about it. There's first off, if I was a UL fan. I, there'd be a little part of me that'd be like, yeah, maybe we should look into that because you know at least that dude's going to find ways to get the athletic programs winning again. Uh, at what cost? That would be really fun and hilarious to maybe see at what cost, Roush. But you know at the end of the day, that dude would find a way to get winning back in the UL athletic program. Neely has seemed to put the almighty W on the shelf. We don't we don't focus on W's as much at U of L. She's taking a much more academic approach to all this stuff, trying to get U of L out of the bad athletic news that it's been surrounded by for the last several years. Of course, in doing such, she has seemingly caused a riff in the athletic program, where now the athletic program remains in the news. Uh, they're gonna. I mean, they, they could be out of it. I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening with U of L, <laughs> but the fact is, there's going to be a lot of stuff like a yeah. new athletic director, maybe a new football coach, maybe a new basketball coach. And Neely's going to be overseeing all of that. And you've got 75% of U of L fans that hate her guts already. So that should be good. Ma'am. I don't know what you do. <laughs> oh, it's a mess. And, and they're just, I think they're just kind of lucky that. Friday happened and you could just go straight into the Bud Lights, you know, like just ah, this is a disaster. Very curious as to what the chatter is going to be like today, because I, I just don't even know how much outrage you ha they have left in their system for all of this nonsense. UK media, there, there's media member, you know, there, there's riffs here and there. And I don't think any fan bases media should totally ever be in like, agreement very few exceptions to that like there should be differing opinions and that's yeah. just how a society works but the the civil war of u of l media right now is also wild like media members just calling each other out getting super super personal obviously putting sports to the side uh hilarious i mean this is this is making outside of the context of sports it, it's actually making people i think lose their minds no, Which is wild because it is just sports. Like, you know, you should be able to take a step back. And at the end of the day, while this could absolutely eat you up and kill you, and I can't imagine UK having all the issues that U of L's had over the last few years. But it is just sports at the end of the day. It is probably important to keep your sanity. Roush, I think there are some people on the other side that have not kept their sanity. Like they've they they're just they're at their wits' end. Oh man, they really have. And uh, you know. Meanwhile, Louisville, they get to play Air Force in a bowl game. I'm sure, you know, what yeah. could go wrong playing a triple option team? What could go wrong? What, the, the first responders bowl? The first responders bowl, December 28th in Texas, 3.15 p.m. Eastern time. I'm, I saw Reddit tweet out a thread. Remember the last time they played a triple option team? They lost 66 to 21, I think, and uh, in Bobby's 2018 season and Georgia Tech was making fun of them. 
when they're like, we just landed in Atlanta, another touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good bowl game for Louisville for a multitude of reasons. One, you don't know who your head coach is going to be. That's never a good way to start a bowl game. Nope. Two, you are going against a gimmicky, wonky offense. Never fun, especially for your defense, which isn't that good to begin with. Three, it's air four. Like, you're getting nothing out of that win. You're not getting anything out of that win. Nobody's watching your game to begin with. You can make a case that it's good for some of the younger people to kind of get the bowl reps and the practice and all that stuff. And there is truth to that. That is a better thing than not playing in a bowl game. But again, seed number one, you don't know who your head coach is. So all these people that are going to be getting extra practices, who's going to be coaching it? And there's still scuttlebutt that like Satterfield may not be the guy. Um, and then if Satter and here's 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 what I want to throw to you, Roush, before we go to a break. Mm-hmm. If Satterfield's not the guy, you know, Tyree said he's the guy, but Tyree's not the guy to say he's the guy because he's the guy that left the guy and went on to another guy. But would Brom come back to this mess? Like, have things changed for Brom in five days where it's just like, you know what, I did want to come home, but yikes, this president may be way too hands-on in athletics. And my goodness gracious, they don't even know who the athletic director is going to be. And could it ever get to a point where it's just even too much for Brom, who supposedly really would want to come back home? Um, I mean, yeah, there's a case that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, I I do think that all of this timing and stuff, if you're UofL, I don't think you're moving quickly on an AD and then a firing and then a hiring before signing day, though. That's that's where the early signing period really throws a wrench into things. It's what's caused a lot of the chaos um, with your Miami's giving them a twelve noon deadline on decisions. You know, the ha- having the Oklahoma brass like fry out and like pry Brent Venables from North Carolina or South Carolina to get to Oklahoma. A lot of these moves are happening much much faster because of the early signing period. And if if this stuff, it's obviously not going to get resolved quickly. So I I, I would think that they're probably going to have to just keep Satterfield around for another year regardless, like it, just because there's so much up in the air. And maybe the timing changes um, to where this was the perfect time for Jeff to go, and now maybe that's gone because Vince was busy moving on. We'll get more news today. Uh, I would expect today that the, the Tyree stuff becomes official one way or another. The interesting part is, what if you all just fired Tyree before he could even take the Florida State job? There's so well, much bad blood that, there. But that would that, that would also be dumb, too, from a financial standpoint. Like, yeah, it would be. <laughs> that's that's the Michael Scott, like, no, you can't quit. You're fired. Like, wait, you, you got to pay him severance. My over that that's kind of what I was saying on Friday though that like it just didn't make sense when every U of L fan was just begging to get rid of their current head coach, everybody and people that I trust. So I, I do believe this to be incredibly true. You do as well. You're close to the situation. Brom would have said yes to the U of L job. I would guess that he still would, but certainly last week would have. And U of L just says no. We're not going to give everybody what they want here whether it was Neely or whether it was Vince or whoever was making that final say. No, everybody, Mm -hmm. this seems like we've got this layup here. We're going to kick it back out for this 26-footer because we believe in this person shooting the shot. No, you take the layup each and every time. The issue is, well, there's a million issues with all this stuff. I just figured it had to be a financial situation, Roush. Kind of like a 
what is it, Occam's razor situation where the easiest solution is the right one or the the right the one that just seems like the most right answer is probably actually what's going on. Yep. That's what I thought we had going on here is that Neely looked at the numbers and just said, financially, no, we can't pay Satterfield's buyout. We can't pay Brom's buyout. And then we can't offer him this fat deal to come in. And just from a money standpoint, it's not there. So we're not doing it. And I could see a scenario where Vince was like, well, we'll raise the money. Let's just do it. And then the money will come. We'll get a donation from this or we'll get more season ticket sales from here. Just I get that it's in the red right now, but just say yes to it and it'll end up working itself out. And I could see Neely saying, no, that's not how we're going to do this. I need to see the numbers work before I'm going to to do it. That's the old way of thinking here at UofL. We're not doing that anymore. We need to be much more strategic in the way that we go about things. I could see a scenario like that because otherwise it just didn't make sense. It didn't make sense not to do the easiest solution that was going to make everybody happy. And for the first time in a long time for UofL Athletics, you could kind of calm these chaotic waters. And what do you do? You turn on the turbo jets. You make them even more chaotic. Uh, it's hilarious. But I think it's a money thing, Roush. I- I'm imagining UofL can't be doing too hot financially right now. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, just saying, hey, um, he's still going to bowl games. That's kind of what we hired him to do. So let's keep this thing rolling. Yeah, and it's just not inspiring anybody. Yeah, attendances haven't been great at U of L, and again, you know that's a that's a that's a trend and a theme in a lot of places. But they didn't. I think they had over forty thousand for football twice this year, which is just it's dreadful. I mean, it's dreadful. They're losing. My dad's a UTSA crowd. My dad's a season ticket holder for both sports. This is the first time he's ever gotten this email where it just said, "Hey, you can rent out a luxury suite for games." So they're just opening them up to anybody oh, now. Man. Yeah. Which like, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad strategy. If you don't, if they're open, you may as well try to find ways to get them to be used yep. and get more money in the program. But it's not, it's not a good sign. You nope. know, my dad's never gotten those emails before. So obviously something, something's up. I, I think financially they're in a pretty tough spot. So let's go to a break. We'll come back. We'll keep at the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Bro, Radio. Roll. Let's see what Justin's music is. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Hand over the turtles now. That's hilarious. Love that rejoin. I was wondering what was making you laugh so much as the rejoin. Love. <laughs> Hand back the turtles now. <laughs> wow. Oh, good stuff. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. And if you're looking for some lunch options today, how about Salsaritas? Two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru, so if it keeps raining and it's ugly and nasty weather, you don't have to worry about getting out of your car. And if it's the St. Matthews location, get out of your car and get in their warm, newly renovated shop. I guess you could call it a shop. It's a fast Mexican, delicious, freshest food shop 
And they've got delicious Powerade as well, which I'm a huge fan of. So check them out. Download the app. It's going to save you some money. Salsarita's deliciously different. Uh, double the points, too, if you order online the next two days. So hey, oh, I didn't know rack, that. rack those points up. Oh, yeah. That's an easy way to get some points. Uh, Salsarita's just trying to save everybody money when you go eat there. So Man. double points. Sweet. That's a big deal. Rack them up. Rack them up. Um, let's uh, rack some more up in the Thorns text line, shall we? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, one texter says, Brian Kelly definitely sounded like Forrest Gump when he said, family. Family. I'm glad that, I'm glad everybody had a good time with that one. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was funny stuff. Um, not only are Duran and Bates playing terribly, but with 32 seconds left, Memphis is down three and Penny looks energetic trying to draw up a good play behind him is a player yawning classic Memphis basketball. Suck it. Jalen Duran. Man. Yeah, they've lost three straight, two to SEC teams, and not just SEC teams. SEC teams picked in the bottom half of the conference, Georgia and Old Miss. They lost to Iowa State as well, who's picked to finish bottom of the Big 12. Memphis stinks, and I think they've got two more SEC games as well. I think those games are at home, but I'm pretty sure they play like Tennessee and maybe Arkansas, or they've, they've got Tennessee and another SEC team as well. So it just means more, and it just means more losses for Memphis Suck it, Memphis. You all are dorks. Man, they have a good team. It really is bad that they're losing these games. Well, the best part is that like how Penny's spinning it is he's just going to the media to throw his players under the bus. Uh, he went to Seth, he did a one-on-one with Seth Davis to talk about nobody's caring, nobody's yeah. trying. I'm just at a loss. And it's like, buddy. Is that is that really how you're gonna win your players back to get them to buy into what you're doing? Is just by saying they stink. That's oh. the. It's an interesting angle. It's a different. <laughs> it's an interesting road that he's taken. I've noticed that as well. But basically, no blame on him. All the blame on the players. And we'll see. They've got a lot of talent. I mean, they're they are too talented to be losing these games. So maybe they turn it around. But Roush, here's the hoping they don't. Yeah, um, uh, another texture on Thornton's sex line says, it only took three years and really only seven games this season for Memphis fans to completely turn on Penny. Two months ago, they were winning a championship, and now they're wanting a new coach. And I saw, too, where that he even benched Imani Bates. Uh, didn't have him in starting lineup. Well, so. you, that, that's a smart coaching move. Bates has looked horrible at times. And the issue is they literally have let him play point guard in some stretches or, you know, ball in his hand guard and that's just it's dumb to let somebody who should still be playing high school basketball do that and obviously it's led to some mistakes and it hasn't led to great basketball so it's actually a good move by penny to bench him because he has been awful at times for memphis at least in the games that i've seen and uh, it does go to show that like winning with freshmen and not just putting teams together like this whether it's with freshmen or with transfers it's not it's not a super easy thing that everybody can do, mm-hmm. and especially especially the freshman aspect of it, especially the younger player aspect of it. There is a buy-in aspect to it. it. Not that it's like impossible, but if you're not winning, it's really really hard. And I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if they keep lo- losing. If we if you hear about drama, controversy, locker room issues, uh, Penny seems to kind of be stoking that fire by throwing everybody under the bus. If if wins don't come quick. That thing's going to really snowball, and it's going to be hilarious to watch. Man, so funny. Gosh. Here, here's the hoping. 
Oh, man. Another text from Thornton text line says, love that touchdown call, buddy. It was awesome to hear. Go Tigers. I think that they were uh, – May have been for Spears or Spears. Spears, Spears yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's all right. It called a great game. St. X gets a state championship, and uh, a great time was had by all in Lexington. Great crowd, too, for that at least a 6A game. I think they had great crowds out there for all of them, from at least the pictures that I saw. But, uh, yeah, not, not a bad thing, Roush, to have all that talent in Lexington this weekend. Nope, nope, not a bad thing at all. Not a bad thing at all. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, I'm already so sick of the Kirk Friends and Stoops mutual respect uh, stuff. <laughs> BS. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you better get used to it, though. It's it's only going to heat up more during game week, most likely. But that's, that's the easiest and most interesting storyline. So, yeah, get used to it, buddy. Yeah, um, we're going to get that a lot. Ferentz did have a funny joke about how Stoops came on the recruiting visit and said they he didn't even look 15. They wouldn't. They weren't going to take him unless he was a Stoops. No. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yep. Congrats yep. to Trinity and Mayo's baby brother slash DeSales cousin on winning the state on winning the state championship. Yeah, they're saying that that Trinity may never have a winning season again, which is which is crazy for how dominant they've been. That they may never have another winning wow. record, losing record this year for the Rocks. Roush, not sure if you knew that or not. No, that's. Pretty crazy. That and then if anybody at Trinity ever wants to see the shillelagh again, we can send. We will send pictures. Okay, good, good. Just so you all remember um, what it looks like. Frederick Douglass, though, man, they uh, they got a ton of talent. They can't win the big one. South Warren. Mm-hmm. South Warren put it on them. Uh, Bull County had a, a nice win over Johnston Central. Really wanted that program to to get the big win in the state championship game, but. Um, uh, had a couple of them go down to like the last minute or so. R.I.P. So football at Kroger Field. R.I.P. The, the Eastern Kentucky got the best of Western Kentucky in that one. Yeah, yeah, really did. Uh, Paducah Tillman uh, went down, and then L.C.A. Many people thought uh, it, they were they were going to run away with it, and they ended up losing. So uh, a lot of surprises. A game? lot of surprises at Kroger Field this weekend. That's why you play the games. Uh, Texter says, TJ, big time shout out for that like on Facebook with my Highlanders going 4-0 this past weekend up in Cincinnati. Refs were like 80 years old, so not a single foul was called on Saturday, leading to it being extremely physical. Carroll County got after it on defense, but we were all about that smoke. Locker room was absolutely bananas after the game, as you could tell. Go Highlanders. Oh man, that's awesome! I, it was funny. I actually went to a brunch yesterday. We got some friends that are moving, and it was kind of a going away deal. And we passed the Highland Latin School Highlanders, and I was like, "Oh man!" So that's where the magic happens for the Plumley, bro. <laughs> oh, you're out in the East End, huh? Yeah, went to uh, did went to Mar- Ramiro's for brunch. Great place. They have, Great they, have a br- place. they have a brunch. Yeah, on Sundays, breakfast tacos and all sorts of stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, interesting. Sounds yeah. sounds delicious. Well, congrats to you, Plumley bro, and your team's success. The texter, do you guys prefer Facebook or Twitter more? Oh. Neither. Twitter. Weirdly, probably Facebook. Yeah, no, I, I I I don't like seeing the Facebook stuff. You just get a lot of shares, and I don't I don't like that. Like, I, if it's something my friend posts, fine, but I don't like seeing all the other jokes. So. Facebook, at its core, though, at least you see like family members and people you care about and their pictures right yeah. and like yeah. that's yeah. that's what you want 
Now, See, like every political opinion or every take, yeah, you get that on Twitter, and no, thank you. See, I enjoy Twitter a lot more, and the only reason I have Facebook is because what you spoke of, TJ, the family on there. If I deleted my Facebook, my grandma would wring my neck. She'd never get to know what was up with me, even though I never post on Facebook. <laughs> oh, funny how that works. It's basically yeah. like a family photo album now. Right. Um, we did skip a uh, a text uh, a little bit earlier. Did you all happen to catch the player introductions on Sunday Night Football when Teddy Bridgewater did not say he was from the University of Louisville? What's that all about? Does he not want to be associated with UofL anymore or just really embarrassed for now? Uh, they do that all the time. They'll say they're the high school they're from. I didn't see that, but, uh, yep, that's not a good sign. Teddy not happy to be from UofL. That's, that's what I'm running with. <laughs> There was there was a guy last Monday that said his elementary school. Good. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I think it was Miles Garrett said uh, Texas A and M. Yeah, I like the Ron Burgundy. Yeah, yeah that, was, that, was that, was, that was pretty good. Uh, a texter on the Thornton's text line. And remember, go to Thornton's, download the app. It's going to save you money each and every time you fill up. Who doesn't like saving a little money at Thornton's? A texter says, "Why was Arkansas ahead of Kentucky in the final rankings? Who knows." Uh, yeah, and I'm sure it was all strength of schedule stuff, and people will uh, maybe point to Georgia getting beat by an SEC West team and say, look, the East was really bad this year. But it ended up not mattering because when it comes to the postseason like ball game importance, uh, the Citrus Bowl went with the team with the extra win and not some sort of weird strength of schedule kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. Um just watch out, though. Kentucky returns Levis, and then if somehow Lonnie was right and you had Wandell come back, preseason top 10, Roush, at least preseason top 15. Yeah, I mean, and they're going to have a probably a top 15 recruiting class, too. So, like, yeah, a lot of momentum. Just go and beat the snot out of Iowa. Michigan showed you how to do it. Just don't turn the ball over, and I you can beat the hell out of them. You know how excited I was heading into this season. I'd say that's the next thing for UK is to have a big season when nationally folks were expecting you to have a big season. People that pay attention locally and listen to Kentucky Roll Call, you knew that this had the makings to be a pretty fun group and a pretty fun schedule heading into this year. Nationally, they weren't ranked to start, obviously, and they didn't really get any love until they – uh, at least beat Florida. And then once you beat LSU, people were starting to pay attention nationally. They need to have a big year, Roush, where people think they're going to have a big year coming into it. Now, mm -hmm. the issue is Kentucky can only control half of that. They can only control them having a big year. They can't control where people put them preseason. But preseason rankings are a joke, and they're a joke because they matter. So one year when Kentucky actually gets a little preseason love, they need to strike when the iron's hot on that year. Could be next mm -hmm. year. Could be next year because you're going to be returning your quarterback. You're going to be returning important pieces. How important? Let's hope Lonnie's right. That would be amazing. You get Wandell and Levis back. That should be a preseason top 10 team. And then, Roush, you're, you know, hopefully we're having another year where we're really knee deep in the uh, maybe college football playoff conversation, but New Year's six for sure. Maybe you're you're competing for the East. You get Georgia at the Krogue this upcoming year. So mm -hmm. it, it could be another really fun year if you get some good news this offseason. I mean, it's going to be yeah. regardless, but it could be really, really wild. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it, uh, 
comes down to just making sure that you can maintain the status quo in the trenches because it's, you know, this is going to be Luke Fortner's last game. It's going to be Darian Kennard's last game. So got to keep fortifying that big blue wall and you should be doing just that on, on signing day. Well said. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, so Stoops is for sure going to Iowa if that job ever opens up. He almost cries every time he talks about him. Man, he really does. It's 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 wild. It's almost like getting me going on about the sales. Like, God, geez, Ralph, shut the hell up, you know. Um, he he is uh, this school. That place means a lot to him. So uh, well, here's like, what that he, doesn't mean that he's necessarily going to take it as soon as the job opens, though. Yeah, and and that's again. Or do you want do you want to be the legend or do you want to follow the legend? Yeah. That's what that's what he would need to figure out. And I, I think I know the answer to it. I think most folks own path. Exactly. Yeah. And like he can speak highly about a place. Maybe he gets emotional talking about it because he knows that like, you know, he's done. That's a part of his life that's never coming back. And uh, he thinks fondly of those times. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'm sure, uh, sure Stoops had fun back in the day too at the, oh, the yeah. local watering holes. I would imagine so. I bet, yeah. he, I bet he was a fun person to be around in college. Oh, yeah. Um, a texture on the Thornton's text line says, gotta watch out for couples inviting you over for lasagna or spaghetti bake. Apparently that's also a secret code for swingers. My wife and I had an awkward moment when we learned this. Well, you got to tell us more texture. You can't just say that we had an awkward moment when we learned this. <laughs> oh, so tell, you, you show us for the spaghetti dinner and tell the story. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine they were like, yeah, the Wilson's next door are super friendly. They want us all. They're having a, they're having an Italian pasta bake off or something. Uh, it was weird, but they're they like, want to oh, you've got over. some sauce on your face. Here, let me get that for you, and they just lick it off your face. They come over, and they got, like, their crock pot of whatever and meatballs or whatever it is, and the Wilsons are just naked at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that about the the lasagna or the, the, the spaghetti bake. My buddy, I, I, my buddy told me in his neighborhood, it's supposedly if you have white rocks around your mailbox. Hmm. You know, like some mailbox beds have flowers or something like that. This one is white rocks. You would also this was such an intricate thing. I've always yeah. just you know just do the upside down pineapples, straight into the point. Also, I feel like spaghetti would be a very like that's an easy big meal to prepare too. So that if you're going to have a big group over, that that would be a that an easy go to meal. You know, and carb load. Right. That's a good point. You're you're gonna a lot of activity. You gotta load up. <laughs> Texter, it's John. Hey John, John hey. here. Good change your dirty socks morning. Iowa is a research school of corn or something like that. They better research Mark Stoops and the cats because the cats are going are about to destroy that dirty lame corn shucking program. Hey, give them that cornbread hemp promo code. We're going to need it after the game. We got to go talk to you later. I love it. John bringing the fire for a game that's almost a month away. Love it. Love it. Start the trash. You you can't start the trash talk too early in the Verbo Citrus Bowl, which I'm pretty sure that the last time they were calling it the VRBO. And then after the game, it was like, you know what? We're just going to be Verbo. Um, yeah. I always just say VRBO. Hmm. Have you ever done a Verbo? If you, oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I, seemed, I meant about, I used to probably be, do more VRBO than I did Airbnb, but it's pretty much 50 50 at this point. Uh, yeah. 
No, never done. I've only done Airbnb and only done that once. So you've only done one Airbnb. Yeah. Ever? I've never done one. Yeah, what? I don't really uh, go a whole lot of places. And if I do, it's where'd you uh, stay in when you went to the beautiful shores of Indiana? Well, that was a uh, the in-laws knew somebody who rents out their house. I don't I don't know if they actually had have an Airbnb or not or what they went through. It would have been fun to be a vacation planner back in like the eighties. Uh, I would have been good at that job, but not in the two thousand twenty ones. Well, because like you know, if you're, to, I'd still probably be all right at it. But like anybody should be probably pretty good at it. Like you got Google, read the reviews. <laughs> Seriously, guess what? Places that cost more are generally nicer. Mm-hmm. You know, like now, now, yeah. And I'm not trying to, I get it. If you're like going to Africa or I get that there's probably some vacation planners where it's best just to let the experts figure it out. Mm -hmm. But if you're just trying to like book a family trip out West and you use a vacation planner, I'm, I'm judging you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that takes away a lot of the fun. You know, that's, does, that's part and, of the fun is planning it. You're spending money to tell people that you're spending money to let people tell you what you need to do on your rest and relaxate, relaxing vacation. Yeah, right. I'll I'll plan my own vacation and be stressed out and scream at everybody the whole time. We'll get to do some uh, citrus bowl planning today. So uh, hopefully we can get a schedule, figure out figure out a fun little uh, little getaway. Will the family are you going to try to? That that that's the hope. I, I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to get everybody down there, but I'm not entirely 100% certain. Are, are you going to try to make the trip to the Citrus Bowl? We're going to look into it and try. I really want to, but that Vegas trip has really thrown a wrench and stuff. But I'd like to. I didn't get to go the last time for the Penn State game, and everybody talked about how big of a blast it was and what you know, who doesn't want to be in Orlando for New Year's. Like it, it'd, be, it'd be a blast. So I'm hoping we're, we're figuring that stuff out. A texter okay. says uh, – Durin transfer portal. <laughs> Did Scooch pick up his date on the scooter? If so, explains her downing tequila shots and going their separate ways after dinner. <laughs> if I drove my scooter, she would have wanted to come with me. Hey, oh. Any contact with uh, you and the date? Uh, yeah, we've um, we were we talked a little bit this weekend. We were scheduled to go out this weekend, but it didn't work out. So, uh oh. No, no big deal. I'm oh, not freaking out. Oh, I'm you're not nervous. freaking out. You're getting nervous. You're I, have, I, haven't I haven't dated in nine years, so what's it matter if one gets canceled? Oh, that's sad. Mm. Okay. Sorry, well, we'll just move on from that. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a game day edition of Kentucky Roll Call as the Cats take on who is it, Southern, I think, tomorrow? Yep. So that in should the be HBCU game. Classic. I forget what real doozy. Are. But we'll be back. We'll talk all about it. It's going to be another wild day in this town of Louisville that we reside in. Roush going to new athletic director, coaches being fired, hired. Who knows? Man. Who knows? As Man. the world turns, we shall see. All right, everybody, have a good day. We'll see you on Tuesday. This is KRC on Big Exports Bro. Radio. TJ Walker, Roush, oh. Justin Kale. Everything that kills me makes me feel alive. Yeah, I've been, I've been about the